Welcome to Dig It. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. I am here, as always, with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Zappin' girls. Doing all right. Doing pretty all good. Right. Keeping very busy. How about yes. you? Um, I've been good. Twitter good. amputee. <laughs> I know. I completely, completely shut off. Um, I, I don't – I haven't seen it as a bad thing, to be honest with you. And that, and that like, we're, we're going to touch on a few topics today. That being one of them um, is the negativity, the, the hate, sadness, the emotions that are going around at the moment. We're going to spend about 10 minutes at the start of this uh, to just talk about this, uh, talk about how we're feeling, how a lot of you out there are feeling. And go into that a little bit deeper. We're going to talk about COVID. And we're going to talk about, of course, the election, which is something we just can't get away from at the moment because it's everywhere, and I think it's pretty much on everyone's mind. And we're also going to talk about the Great Reset from the World Economic Forum. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of interesting tidbits to cover here and yeah. uh, some solid updates. So, yeah. Yeah. How have you guys been feeling with all of this? I'm doing all right. I'm hanging in there. It's, you know, you go through this like roller coaster. So it's yeah. one minute you're good, the next minute you're pissed off, the next minute you feel defeated, and it just cycles through like that. So I think it's just been a really a roller coaster ride for everybody, but feeling pretty good right now. It's exhausting. One of the things I've I've noticed um, that's been really difficult for me actually is. You know, throughout my life, like, I'm not a hateful person. I've never had hate in my heart. I've always, you know, I'm not even vengeful. Like, people that have been, we'll just, we'll just chalk it up to, like, mean towards me or things that I've gone through in my life, there's sadness. There's that feeling of betrayal. There's sometimes anger. But not vengefulness, not, um, not hate. Like, I've never hated other people. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm really sensitive to energy. And so even if they are an asshole, I can still feel like their own issues or stuff going on with them. And so there's like some level of empathy there, you know, but man, this year is the first time I've been acquainted with this emotion and I don't like it at all. Like I literally have hate in my heart for these people that are doing this to humanity. And it's not so much the... I mean, it is, but more so than like them stealing our taxpayer dollars or some of these crimes that they're pulling off. Um, it's, it's, it's the mind manipulation of what they are doing to humanity to instill fear in them, to take power over them, to take their power away from them on a spiritual level. You know, that's the part that I absolutely can't stand. And I just, I have anger and hate towards these people and i can't stand this feeling i've like got to balance this feeling out well there it's is hard. there is a thing called righteous anger and i think that your your anger is righteous um because the kind of evil that they're trying to inflict on the world and it's, well, that's understandable it's just it's just this feeling of hate like i just I just want like Elon Musk to load up a rocket, take them all to Mars since they want to go anyways, and then leave them there. 
Well, that'd be Sounds great. like a plan. Let's do and it. And then we don't have to pay for them to be in prison. Just like offload them all to another planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would just that that would just be the easy way out, wouldn't it? And you know but, that. Well, I'm I don't right. know how easy it would be. <laughs> that'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you feeling, Sweet Grace? So you got you got booted from Twitter. It's you've been a week without it, basically. Well, mm. What's going through your mind? I'm I'm being funny. I'm trying to think of how I can articulate it. Well, when I first started this journey, I was on Facebook and then I got kicked off Facebook. And then I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? Because I got kicked off Facebook. And then that led me to Twitter. And I gained a pretty decent following there. I met all you guys. I got on this journey. Um, I started making content and doing this with you. And then I got kicked off Twitter. So I had to try to sit down and try to reevaluate things again. Yes, there is all this stuff going on at the moment, especially with the elections. And I kind of know that that's going to go on for a while. And I don't know how that's going to turn out. I'm going to be honest. But I, but being off Twitter has let me kind of detach from that a little bit and focus on other things. And I think a huge part that I was missing from my life was my own inner world was kind of taking a hit and I was so focused on everyone else's problems and the world's problems I guess that I stopped uh, kind of caring about my own mm -hmm. so that that so this week kind of being off Twitter has let me kind of center myself a little bit reflect a little bit and work out how and what I kind of uh, want and how I'm going to do it going forward so I have to take it as a positive. I couldn't take it as a negative. And there's so much stuff that I haven't been on Twitter and I felt so much freer. I'm not going to lie to you. Because it's so toxic. Oh, yeah. Of course it is. It's incredibly toxic. It's, it's, like, probably, it's like going into a mosh pit of people screaming and yelling, you know? It, it's probably the most toxic social media site there is. Especially right now. I've never seen it more toxic. And they're, <laughs> despite the fact that they try to keep us all quarantined, virtually quarantined, but yeah, it, it really is because it's like the Wild West and everybody's in a shootout right now. It's a, it's a fight. It's well, and here's, they want us, they want us angry. They want us hating them. They want, you know, and, and so that's the part where I'm like, no, nah, they're not going to win this. They're not going to, I'm, I'm not going to like get to the point where I would do something I wouldn't. I wouldn't normally do like go against my morals or my values or you know what I mean because that's their that's their whole thing is trying to break you they want chaos, chaos and mayhem so everyone oh, everyone needs to take to a week up. off like speaker <laughs> definitely like it, it's well one of the things that I definitely recommend to people is this fight's not going away it never mm -hmm. was right uh, it, it's always going to be there in front of us and for people like us that you know, do this as a job. Um, it's hard to really like detach because we do have to keep up with information. And, you know, that comes back down to our livelihood sometimes as well, that we have to keep up with these things. Uh, one, because we want to, we want to be on top of the game. And two, that we want to disseminate, you know, information to you guys as, as right. much as possible. But for anyone out there, seriously, take a break. It's not going anywhere. It's Shut literally like hitting pause on a recording on a DVR or something, you know, like Twitter. 
you, you could leave for days and come back and just hit on pause and boom, you're right where you left off. It's like the same stuff going on, the same, you know, maybe it's a different argument this day, but it's, it's overall, it's, it's a very similar feel. Yeah, we need to keep in mind that this is definitely a very long race. And even if Trump, uh, even when Trump uh, right? win, wins, <laughs> Um, that, that. that battle's not over. That <laughs> battle's not over. We're going to have to continue to fight these people, especially when we start talking about the Great Reset later. They're not going right. to stop their plans, ev even when Trump is president again oh, no. you know, in his second term. So um, they're going to no, continue forward. Look, look at all the people that kept saying, oh, what's happened to COVID? And COVID's going to go away as soon as the election's over. And I'm going, oh, no, it's not. It's just going to amp up. It's just going to amp up. And look at what they did. Boom. It's, it's full on with that. I can oh, even yeah. go into that now. We could cover the elections first. What do you think? Um, it's up to you guys. Really? I'm good. Well, let's do elections first. Let's do elections. All right, Edge, bring yeah, us where are we up at with, today with all the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is the frustrating part, is because you know each state is going through each uh, of these states that I'm going to talk about is going through legal battles, and they're all unique, and so it's really hard to get information on everything all in one place. You can get a little bit here, a little bit there throughout the day. But I just thought I would go through each of these so people kind of know the, the grand scope of where we're at with these things. And then we can kind of talk about it, our thoughts on it. But I'll just kind of list them off, starting with Pennsylvania. Okay, so we've had some wins and losses in Pennsylvania. Uh, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court reversed a lower state court decision guaranteeing observers the right to watch the ballot count from no more than six feet away. So Republican poll watchers were forced to watch uh, the ballot counts from uh, as far as 100 feet away. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled that election observers only need to be in the room, no minimum distance required. So that was a loss for the Trump campaign. Um, but the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has agreed to hear cases by the Trump campaign that over 8,300 votes cast were invalid because they were improperly filled out. And these ballots, they had signatures, but they didn't have handwritten names, addresses, dates on the outside of the return envelopes. So we'll see how that goes. But what we need to keep in mind in Pennsylvania and pretty much in most of these states that we're battling in, there's a, a, these lower courts are run by Democrats. For example, in Pennsylvania, we've got two Republicans, five Democrats on the P Pennsylvania Supreme Court. So it's no surprise there that we're having these issues on these lower court levels, okay? But I'm gonna talk about the big picture at the end when I go through, after I go through all these states. So Georgia's a mess. Uh, in Georgia, the recount has just uh, been just as crooked as the election. Uh, we keep getting new ballots popping up. Uh, a hand recount found a new batch of 2,500 ballots favoring Trump that had not been previously counted. Uh, the Secretary, Secretary of State over there, Raffensperger, um, he's this fake Republican. He, he's claiming that Republicans... GOP members are trying to get him to cheat. And this is all over this argument about matching signatures 
during the recount, which Raffensperger didn't want to do because he knows that that would uh, a lot of like a ton of ballots would uh, be tossed out because of the signatures don't match. Um, And this has basically been a fake recount from the beginning. So Lynn Wood, the attorney, we've talked about uh, Lynn Wood in the past and previous podcasts, but he is uh, the tip of the spear in the Georgia recount, he actually filed a motion for a temporary restraining order to stop the recount and not certify the vote uh, because they're um, doing nothing more than recounting the illegal votes, basically. So this emergency motion for, uh, for injunction relief seeks to prohibit defective absentee balance in the count and it requires a hand recount, a new hand recount be performed. Um, they, in another hand recount they in Georgia, they found 9,000 ballots that were incorrectly given to Biden. So anyways, uh, but they're nearly done with this recount in Georgia. Five million ballots have been counted. They're saying Biden's up by 12,000. And the <laughs> The uh, and this is with them recounting the illegal ballots because they're not checking signatures. Uh, but the deadline to certify is Friday, so this emergency we'll see where this emergency injunction goes with Len Wood and if that uh, stops the certification what's, process. What's so crazy about this is from studying all the evidence, and you know, I went over Pennsylvania and you went over one of the counties in Pennsylvania, we can clearly see there is a millions millions across the country millions of votes that were either fraudulent no signatures other people going in from other states um the the biggest one the biggest number poll was of course dominion and the software and smartmatic and all that but we're talking millions of votes like honestly from all the evidence i've reviewed i have no doubt that trump got over 100 million votes in this election I I firmly believe that. And so when we're hearing about this closeness, like, give me a break, all these states, they're just down to the wire, neck and neck within 12,000 votes. It's insane. It's ludicrous. We we know it's not the case. Yeah. And and I think Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood have said things uh, to that same effect. Uh, Lynn Wood said in an interview with uh, Mark Levin this week that he thinks, I think somewhere around 90 million, something like that. Uh, that oh, he, really? he's speculating See, not too far off for 89 something like like that but that he thought that trump probably got 400 electoral college votes um had we you know taken out all of the fraud all of the manipulation through the dominion and smartmatic uh system all mm-hmm. of it so yeah and i'm going to get into the dominion stuff in a minute uh let me i've got a few more states here that i'll go through on um, just updates of where we're at so michigan Detroit in particular. So on Tuesday, Wayne County Board of Canvassers announced that they were not certifying the votes based on irregularities. And this was a Trump win. And in fact, Trump tweeted about it and many others did too uh, as a victory. Then minutes later, they came back and they decided that they changed their minds and that they will certify them. And I remember this was Detroit. There was a lot of funny business going on in Detroit. So everyone wanted to know what the heck happened. Well, it turns out that these two Republicans who did not go along with certifying these votes in Detroit 
they were threatened and their families were threatened and doxxed. So the two Republicans are now actually rescinding their votes to certify these Wayne County ballots. Now, remember, these are ballots where 71% of the ballot counts don't match the number of voters. And they've uh, filed affidavits, these two Republicans. These affidavits are stating that their families and them, they have been uh, threatened. That's so awesome that they were brave enough to do that because we all saw the videos. We actually saw the videos of the dudes that were harassing them. It was awful. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, they were saying, you're a racist because, you know, Detroit, they're saying, look, the the population... Yeah, the population there is predominantly black. You must be racist now because, and you're trying to disenfranchise black people. And this is ridiculous the way they're, it has nothing to do with the color of the people. It has everything right. to do with the level of fraud and right. irregularities that happened in that city because it's a Democrat-run city where they try, have been for decades been able to get away with this kind of junk. Right. Anyways, yeah. but yeah. And that's what we need. We need people to stand up like that. So good that's on them. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll give you another small little example of that in Wisconsin. So the Trump team just filed a lawsuit in Wisconsin. And this is actually after they had to pay $8 million up front for a recount. Okay. So they wire, yeah, they wired the money. Okay. Then they filed the lawsuit. Uh, So this lawsuit is for a recount in Milwaukee and Dane counties. Now, right after they file this, the Wisconsin Election Commission met for six hours to quote unquote review the recount manual. They're looking at basically changing the recount manual after yeah. the fact. So like, because they know that the lawsuit is going to have to do with the, the, the poll watchers not being able to see um, as the, the votes were counted. So they wanted to go ahead and like retroactively change the uh, election or recount manual. So that when... Yeah, exactly. They're basically trying to change the rules of the game in the middle of the game. Yeah. So, but this is the story I want to tell you. So apparently there were a couple of patriots in that call with the Wisconsin, Wisconsin election commission that were trying to change this election manual and they fought on every single count of them trying to change that manual. Nice. Yes. So we do have some patriots fighting back and holding their ground. Uh, the Milwaukee recount begins on Friday, but it looks like. Sorry, I was just going to say, and then Trump tweeted out this, this graph yesterday about Wisconsin. He said, look at this in Wisconsin, a day after the election, Biden receives a dump of 143,379 votes at 3.42 AM when they learned he was losing badly. And, And then there's like a little graph here where you can see it, where that dump comes in. It's just, I mean, there's like so much, so much evidence. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they, you know, of course the talking head fake lamestream news and all the Democrat politicians, oh, it's just fraud or it's, it, you know, Trump's trying to commit fraud and there's no evidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now it looks like in Wisconsin, you know, this recount could get as ugly as it's been in Georgia and we know how that's been turning out. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Yeah. And Nevada, we've got, so the Clark County uh, Commission actually threw out uh, one of the local races based on admitted irregularities. And this is actually a good sign because we know there's irregularities in the same county. This is where Las Vegas is. 
and the presidential race. And um, so the Trump legal team filed a lawsuit over several instances of fraud where they presented evidence of 15,000 people, uh, most of these people not living in Nevada, they voted in Nevada and in another state, all right? And then we've got dead voters. And then plus we've also got this cash for votes scheme by the Nevada Native Vote Projects, where they were offering incentives to Native Americans in exchange for votes. So this suit is- like gift cards and and I can't remember what else it was, but crazy. Yep. And so this suit is asking for the votes to be annulled or for Trump to be declared the winner. So we'll see where that goes. In Arizona, uh, Maricopa County, uh, they completed their, their count audit, but they only did 2% of four voting centers, not a full audit. Okay. <laughs> so um, the Arizona GOP, they're suing for a new hand count audit. And they're saying that it needs to be done by precinct. You can't just cherry pick which one you're going to audit, knowing which ones are the fraudulent areas and which, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so that actually might throw a wrench in their attempts to certify on Friday as well. So we're getting down to the wire, folks, <laughs> on these times. A lot of these states are trying to certify on Friday. It's such a mess. Yeah. Such a mess. But yeah. it's good. To, it's good to see a president actually fight it because we know this has been going on for years. Yes. Right. And everyone's just let it go, like it was just it was one of those unsaid things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then there, we might actually see something happen in New Mexico. Uh, someone from the uh, Boris from the Trump uh, campaign's uh, legal team uh, mentioned New Mexico the other day, uh, specifically the Albuquerque area or right outside of Albuquerque where he has reports of up to 180,000 ballots that were counted uh, without the elections observers being available to see those happen. So, and the difference between Biden and Trump in New Mexico is 99,000. So that actually could be a game changer in New Mexico. And they said they're looking at New Mexico closely. They they need to look at the whole country. I know, right? Time right now. They're going to, they're going to see what we've been, and, and this gets into the Dominion and Seidel and Smartmatic and all of that, because that is a, you know, 2930 state issue. All right. Yeah. You know, that covers all of these areas. So Sydney Powell read on, on Lou Dobbs this week, she read an actual affidavit that she had just collected. Sydney Powell's actually really spearheading all of this investigation that has to do with Dominion, Seidel, Smartmatic. I've seen that really she seems to be the hub of information in that arena. But right. so, so she read this affidavit on Lou Dobbs's show that she had just collected and it's from this high ranking military officer who was present when Smartmatic was actually designed. And this affidavit explains how Smartmatic was designed in a way that the system could change the vote of each voter without being detected at all. And it goes on to explain this firsthand witness. He, he says that you know this, the design of Smartmatic software uh, was designed to leave any evidence of like to not leave any evidence of the changed vote. So there's no way you could even audit it basically. 
And the witness mm -hmm. explains that the system was designed to manufacture votes for Hugo, Ch for Hugo Chavez. And that this person witnessed um, several elections in Venezuela and actually all over the world that were thrown using this Smartmatic software. And so Sidney Powell um, has also uh, on other, on that interview and on other interviews has implicated the CIA. She's brought the CIA into this conversation and people are asking, okay, where did they fit in? Well, we know, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it's clear that she's starting to bring that into the conversation, you know, stating that they've, they've received multiple reports of this voter manipulation and done absolutely nothing about it, basically implying that they're either negligent or, in my opinion, actually participating in the conspiracy to throw elections using Smartmatic and basically as an election insurance. So I think this is all going to come out. And Lynn Wood just tweeted today, Thursday, that Dominion, Seidel, Smartmatic, and Clarity will all be part of litigation across the United States in the near future. And yep. then he also included a video in that same tweet. Uh, it was a Newsmax, Newsmax interview of a Trump for President surrogate, Brian Trasher. He was actually talking about the alleged raid of Seidel, of a Seidel facility in Germany. Yeah, because you know what? <clears throat> this goes far beyond just let's get our votes and make sure that we do an audit and we do a count and we get just enough so that we can show that Trump, in fact, won. And even though we want to get more, if we get that much, we're just going to leave it at that because now he has a win. This isn't about that. This is about disclosing it all so that we can prevent this in the future moving forward in our elections. It's, it's gotten so bad. I mean, we know, we know for decades crap like this has been going on, but they screwed up in 2016. And in my opinion, they screwed up again now because the numbers were so high for Trump that the numbers they had to put Biden at to outdo him. I mean, I want to say it was like, I'm trying to think back. Uh, in 2016, Hillary and Trump was a combined, I want to say it was around 128 million votes. Yeah, I think it was around that. What's that? I think it was around that. Like 63 yeah, so, million to like 60 million, I think. Was yeah, popular. so uh, it was a little, little more than that because I think it came somewhere, well, somewhere close to like 128 million. Now we're talking about what? Upwards of 150 million, more than that maybe between the two of them, which look, I have no doubt that more people voted this year. I think, you know, millions more voted this year. But that's, that's a big jump. And I think that uh, in comparison to prior years, and we know that 10 circle Biden didn't, didn't get a fraction of the votes they're showing for him. So this, this all needs to be exposed. Our whole election system, the voting system, all of it needs to be completely overhauled and secured. Absolutely, it does. And what people need to keep in mind, because I, I understand it's frustrating to watch the day to day and like, oh, we had a yeah. loss here. Oh, we had a win here. <laughs> well, people need to keep this in mind, just the broad scope uh, view is that what we've been watching play out so far have been the previews. We've been seeing the litigation play out in the state level. And what I've, as what I've explained, a lot of these cities, especially the ones that we're battling right now are heavily democrat heavily democrat so um mm -hmm. these these lower level courts are very democrat run 
but um, we're going to be start, starting to see very soon the main event, and that's going to be going to the federal level and all the way up to the Supreme Court, and that is a whole new ballgame, and we know we have the majority there, so. Yeah, and did you see in, uh, I can't remember what county it was in, or city, was it like called Hawthorne maybe? In California, the two people, one of them that was running for mayor who got um, charged with election fraud, did you see that in California? No, I missed it. So it may seem like a small thing, but it's not in the bigger scope of things. You know, I mean, this is someone who was running for mayor and, and it, they had, I, I don't have it in front of me, but they had a lot of counts against them for all different kinds of fraud. So, so stuff is happening. <laughs> it's so just to say so. It's what? It's so just to say so at the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. Uh, this is a war we're in. We're, it's an information war. It's a uh, psychological war going on uh, with the American people. And, and it's hard to sift through all the information and get the truth. But, um, and that's partly why I kind of wanted to go through a lot of this and give you guys a, a perspective on everything, what the status is. But uh, just, just hold your ground. Whole, stay firm because uh, we're going to win this. It's just it in these lower level courts, you're going to see a lot of tit for tat. I think it's going to go up to the Supreme Court ultimately. And uh, really, I think that the, uh, the the main event really needs to be exposing all of this uh, Dominion, Smartmatic, Seidel, uh, everything that has okay. to do with the, the voter ma manipulation on a massive, massive scale. Right. And where this is going uh, outside of this country, which I know a lot of people have shared the executive order by Trump about foreign interference in elections and everything. So like, how is that going to play a role in all of this? So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then on another front, they're hammering us like hell on the COVID thing, which started amping up just a few days before election. We saw that coming. Um, where they start saying we have a hundred thousand new cases today. It's world record and on and on. And then we've got the, uh, again, the lockdowns. Um, ugh. So I had started working on a COVID report I was doing with some updated statistics where I was going to basically obliterate these people. And what happened was the elections. So I had to put that on hold and I was working on data I needed to get done and then, you know, covered, focused on the Pennsylvania one. And so now I'm going back to it. I'm having to update all my data because of course, you know, a few weeks have gone by. So all these numbers are changing. And in the meantime, I've found some other interesting things and I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to look over here and cross-reference this and cross-reference that. And I'm finding some very, very interesting things. And some of those I'm going to save for my report, but like I was telling edge before we started, I think that what started out as, you know, a medium length article is turning into a Corey novel report. So I'm probably going to take and try to break this up a bit and take some of my findings and do like an article on one specific finding because that one finding has about three different levels of, mm, I can't think of a good word to replace the word I would normally say here. <laughs> We'll just say like nefariousness going on and I can prove it. I can show that I've, I've, yeah. So, but 
some of the interesting things like, you know, all we ever hear about is all these cases and millions of cases and, and, um, and the deaths, which are highly exaggerated. And we never hear about the recovery rate or what's really going on in other areas. And so with the, another thing is that pisses me off is, is they're off on their numbers, completely off on their numbers. And some of this is simple equations. So I can't figure out how it is they're getting away with these lies. But for example, on the, uh, the tests alone, we've done like over 168 million tests. Now, granted, some of these are, are, maybe duplicates on the same person or like people that are going to work, uh, let's say staff at hospitals or people working at corporations where they have the sniffles and they say, oh, you got to go get tested for COVID. So some people are kind of, you know, being strong armed into being tested, but then you've got millions of people that are panicking and fearing because of the propaganda being pushed by the mainstream news. And so what we end up with is a result of only 6.6% of people who get tested, or, or I'll rephrase that, 6.6% of all tests that have been done, because in some cases, maybe it was twice on the same person, are testing positive. That's it. So we're talking millions and millions of people that are unnecessarily getting tested because what? They have the sniffles? Or they're just scared. They just want to know if they have it or not. I mean, it's, it's pretty insane. So, so that in itself. And then what happened is, so we have this new thing called PIC, P-I-C, which stands for pneumonia, influenza, and COVID. And that is now their new lingo, like the CDC and others that are reporting statistics. That's their new lingo. Because what they did is they stopped tracking for the 2020 and 2021 season, we're no longer tracking the flu. Now, I want to clarify something because a lot of people are saying that, well, that's because, you know, where did the flu go? That's because they're testing people for COVID when they really have the flu. And, but here's the thing. So it's a totally different culture. I talked to a pathologist and, and so there's a test that's done for the flu, there's a test that's done separately for COVID and there's another one that's done for like bacterial viruses. And then there's like this combination test that can, can test all of those. Well, in some cases with some nurses I've spoken with, they're not even testing for flu anymore at all. And, um, but at any rate, my point is if they're given a COVID test, yes, those tests are screwed up. Yes, it can pick up a regular corona, coronavirus strand or, you know, um, shedding and whatnot. So, uh, but it cannot pick up the flu. It's a totally different strain. So, but here's what they are doing. They're using the deaths from the flu and they're rolling that in to the death count for COVID. So now instead of separating out like they like they've been doing all year, if you go into the CDC's charts or other sites that are keeping data, they're separating out um, COVID, like only COVID or COVID with flu, COVID with flu and pneumonia, COVID with this, COVID with that, COVID, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now it's just pick PIC. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. the same. <laughs> because, you know, science. I mean, why keep mm. track of science and data? It's so freaking easy for them to continue keeping track of that. So there's obviously ulterior motive here and why they're not. 
So, so that's just one thing, but I have, I have so many different findings that show, I even have one that I came across today where they are now hiding specific columns, which is very ironic because I was, I've, for four days, I've been scouring the site. Now suddenly, whoop, there goes that column. Fortunately, it's all archived, so we don't have to worry about that. But I've got a lot of interesting stuff, so I'm going to be working on that. And then the other thing is with this whole COVID thing. So I saw a tweet last week about someone flying into LaGuardia uh, Airport in New York and how they were having them fill out like COVID forms or documentation there. And a friend of mine who lives in Arizona texted me last night on their, uh, their you know, government website. This is what they're doing. And I just want to point this out because they are amping this up, moving full steam ahead, ahead with their, mm, their agendas. So we've got adding 25 million to bolster hospital staffing, ADHS health guidance for holiday gatherings, launching testing sites and health campaigns at airports, doubling investments in public service announcements so we can continue to brainwash, ensuring mask use on school grounds and buses. So I don't know what ensuring means. Ensuring up-to-date data on COVID-19 vaccinations. So that's just Arizona. So start going into your state websites and seeing what your states are up to and what their plan is um, so you can kind of stay ahead of the game and make sure you are fighting against this. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Scott Atlas's tweet the other day when Michigan, wonderful, wonderful Whitmer, announced an epidemic order for three weeks. Um, and these people are like trying to cancel Thanksgiving and Christmas, you yeah. know? So, Unbelievable. I know. So, so he tweeted out, he said, the only way this stops is if people rise up. You get what you accept. Freedom matters, step up. And of course he got hammered for that. But I, I, yeah. God bless him. God bless them because that is, you know, what we've been trying to tell people forever that this is going to come down to us. If, if you can't rally your state legislators to go against these people, you, you've got to stand up. And coincidentally in Michigan, they've now got three Republican members of the house of representatives that just introduced a resolution for impeachment against Whitmer. So we'll that. keep our eyes on that and see if that goes anywhere. Well, that'd be good. That'd be great. Right? right? Let's just start doing this with all these asshats. And then um, and then Rand Paul, you know, he's always tweeting about the immunity and everything. And um, so the New York Times came out with a new article. I haven't had a chance to look at it, and I'll have to find an archive because I don't – I certainly don't pay for – although they might keep the COVID ones up without the subscription – they might not block those. I can't remember. But at any rate, so he tweeted out, it had something to do with immunity after COVID, you know, from COVID. And so he tweeted out and said, put in parentheses, he said, estimating 200 reinfections out of 11 million Americans, which is likely an overestimation of actual reinfections. And he's been trying to hammer, like for months now, the COVID task force and doctors and everyone and saying, look, We've, we have enough evidence to show that after you get COVID, you are now immune to it. And this particular article talks about being immune to it for years. So 
it's like, do we, do we allow the herd immunity or do we really want to bring in these vaccines, which we now, you know, right after the election, get the announcement that Pfizer and Moderna have vaccines that are one's 90% and one's like 94 point something percent efficacy rate, which I find extremely hard to believe. Yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy. I mean, first of all, the numbers are never uh, what, what they never add up. It's like the same people that are counting our election systems are right? counting these, uh, these infections and these, you know, hospitalizations and everything else. None of it adds up. Yeah. The other thing is, is that when you see famous people who one minute are taking a test positive, two days later taking a test negative, you're like, hmm, what's going on here? Like Elon Musk, I think just uh, been about a week or so since that happened, right? Yeah. Speaker. His were the rapid ones. Yeah, but he's... uh... He's probably one of the only people that would speak out about it that doesn't really give a shit. Right. Yeah, yeah. he said he had like two positive, two negative, but then ended up doing the one that takes like 24 hours or something. And that one did end up coming back positive. But yeah, and I, and I have some data points in my report on all of that too. Um, but, you know, back to these lockdowns. These lockdowns are really pissing me off. Like I just lost my only standing monthly contract I held on to because I had another business for 25 years before I was going into doing all of this and decided to dump that. And I hung on to a few so that I could try and cover some of my bills. And uh, so I just, I just lost that monthly contract. And why? Because their state's locking down again and they just can't, can't justify it in their budget anymore. And this is happening, obviously, to lots of people, you know, with small businesses getting, getting hurt. And yeah, getting hammered. Yeah, and people need to stand up to this. I mean, look at what was just exposed about uh, Newsom over in California after his lockdown and, and, and uh, well, I don't know what type of lockdown he did, honestly, but I know there was talk about smaller groups and uh, not having gatherings like family gatherings or Thanksgiving or stuff like that. And then he gets totally busted with a group and none of them wearing masks. And they were all at some dining event or something. And I couldn't even watch him. It's, I saw rule, him. it's rules for us and it's rules for them. We know this. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And people were really pissed off in New York uh, this week because of the the new rules that they're putting in place again now in New York and all all of these states uh, up in the Upper East Coast area. Uh, so, but they were just like, we need to know are, are schools closed tomorrow or not? And, and Cuomo would not even give them a straight answer. Like the, the answer was clear as mud and he was berating the, uh, the, um, the press for asking him this. And, uh, so people are really, really upset at, at, uh, justifiably so at all of these changes. And again, the lockdowns, which we've been through this before so much. So, uh, yeah, people right. need if to... the lockdowns worked, then why are we having to lock down again? Mm-hmm. And if the masks work, then why after eight months of everyone being forced to wear them, are people still allegedly, you know, getting COVID? And one of the most important parts of my report is 
my theory on all of this, which God, I don't know, maybe I'll have to do a separate article just on that, huh? <laughs> There's enough <laughs> evidence there. I have now, after months of this, accumulated enough evidence to feel very solid about my theory. So, but I won't share it yet. I'll save that for my article. I want to hear Stay it. tuned. Oh, we'll cover it. We'll cover it in a podcast. We can all discuss it and see what you guys think. Ooh, and about this whole Thanksgiving so celebration thing, this is ridiculous. Okay, so just tell everybody that you're having a peaceful protest at your home. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, so, and then you're it's good. It's ridiculous. I know, and then I think it was uh, Pennsylvania saying that you have to wear masks in your home. Screw these people. Enough. It's if, ridiculous. If, if people do not, God, just the whole country needs, everyone needs to take their masks off right now. Take a stand, show, show that you will not submit to this absurdity. I mean, we've, we've, it's so frustrating because they constantly push the data that's going to scare people instead of all the data points that would make a person feel incredibly safe, you know, such as it's 99.99% survival rate of zero to 19, 99.98% age 20 to 49, 99.5% age 50 to 69, and 94.6% of age 70 and over. And the reason why the 94.6% is lower is because 40% of the people that have passed away were in long-term care facilities with major comorbidities, some life-threatening, nursing homes, and hospice. So that is why that percent is so skewed and healthy elderly were mixed in with the covid ones so thanks cuomo yeah right (sighs) look this is this is all by by design they're going to keep pushing the fear of it right Uh, and this this leads us perfectly into the great reset and the new world order and all this crap which they're verbally stating they're literally coming out and saying these words, the great reset and the new world order. We've got videos of Lightfoot, Trudeau and other people saying these things. And they're saying like, look, this, this is a perfect opportunity, right? Go on. That's, that's, that's the exact words (laughs) that they used. And that should be uh, underlined. This Klaus Schwab, if you've ever seen him, he is a Bond villain like you've never seen before. He just fits perfectly in that dynamic. Now, his quote was, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect and reimagine and reset our world. Reimagine. And so you have to underline that word opportunity. So they see this pandemic as an opportunity. That's what they're pushing. But where where have we heard uh, terms like this before? So like the Great Reset. I mean, Mao, when he was a communist leader of China and, and, and led him down that path. Mao said uh, uh, one of his quotes was a great leap forward. That's what he used, mm-hmm. right? Paul Paul Pot also used back to the year zero. So we've, we've heard this rhetoric before. It's not, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's nothing new. And we're going to go into the Great Reset a lot more tomorrow. Edge and I are doing a sole podcast on it. But we have to outline just kind of some of the things that they're trying to push here. Now you got to remember this is a global elite. Now it, I, I, I might play the video or we'll play it tomorrow, but 
this is like one of the best propaganda movie uh, like short clips I've ever seen straight out of the world economic forum now the 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 great reset agenda kind of works on three main components now the first one is uh, it would steer the market towards fair outcomes. To these ends, government should improve coordination, for example, in tax, uh, regulatory and fiscal policy, upgrade trade agreements and create the conditions for a stakeholder economy at the time of diminishing tax basis and soaring public debt. Governments have the power incentive to pursue such action. Uh, moreover, governments should implement long overdue reforms that promote more equitable outcomes that you see how they they keep using the word outcomes now we're going to come back to that because right right so yeah you gotta edge, read between the lines edge, there. edge fix it up straight away right so depending on the country these may include charges of, of wealth taxes the withdrawal of fossil fuel subsidies and new rules governing intellectual property trade and competition so let's go back to this word outcomes so now this is equal opportunity of outcome now they'll keep pushing this but it's not equal it's not equal opportunity right it's outcome and we all know uh, in a society it is not possible completely not possible to have uh, an uh, quality of outcome so it's not possible um, and in and people that think it is are either completely misled on the subject or they're cynical and they're trying to push this for their own uh, agenda. It's just complete it communism it is what it is. It's what, give, give the technocrats all of the money. They'll del delve it out fairly. Okay. That's going to work out. Yeah. Of right. course. It, it all leads to dystopias. It, it always has. Now the second component of the, of the great reset agenda uh, would ensure that investments advance shared goals. Once again, shared goals, such as equality and sustainability. Right. Once again, read between the lines, equality. Right. So they're pushing this outcome result. Now, the third and final priority of the Great Reset Agenda is to harness the innovations of the fourth industrial revolution. And we'll come back to the fourth industrial revolution in a minute to support the public good, especially by addressing health and social challenges during the COVID-19 crisis. Companies, universities and others have joined forces to develop uh, diagnostics, therapeutics and possible vaccines. Establishing testing centers create mechanisms for tracing infections and deliver telemedicine. Imagine what could be possible if similar certain effects were made in every sector. So th those are the three things that Klaus Schwab's kind of outlined here. But if you know anything about Klaus Schwab, you know, he is very much into this transhumanist sort of agenda, is he not, speaker? Mm -hmm. So he... They, they've created this incredible diagram, right? And you can go to their site and, and kind of have a play with it and look where it pushes. Now, in this diagram has the Great Reset in the middle and that has these components around the outside. Now, one of them is harnessing the fourth industrial revolution. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Strengthening regional development, uh, revitalizing global cooperation, developing sustainable business models, restoring health of the environment, redesigning social contracts, skills, and jobs, shaping economic recovery. So I've never seen such a technical diagram that says so little. Mm. It doesn't expand on any of this. But then on these offshoots, they have little uh, things of how they're going to achieve those 
uh, those six main things in the middle. Now we've got to talk about the fourth industrial revolution. Now the fourth industrial revolution is uh, really what we're seeing now in ways of tech, data, communication, that that is what he's trying to push off as the new industrial revolution. 3D printing, uh, uh, super intelligence, computer intelligence, and this is when you all got to start wondering, okay, so well, what are they trying to push here? Well, they're trying to push the, you know, it hasn't Klaus Schwab talked about, you know, chipping people and, and it's really just big, big brother wanting to be able to have complete control of, over all of mankind. Right. A hundred percent. It's and and so see all these little offshoots. You can go through it. Um, so say shaping for economic recovery, and then it will have a little offshoot there that goes into justice and law. So now who the justice and law was shaping economic recovery? LGBT inclusion, gender parity, green <laughs> new deals, public finance and social protection. Right. Uh, it, it's. They've got so many things on the outline here. And the one that I found the most interesting was harnessing the fourth industrial revolution. And it's got a little offshoot here that says future of media, entertainment, and culture. Ugh. Right. It, this is, <laughs> this is the 2030 agenda just being played out right in front of right, me. Right, right, right. And, and, and we're going to get more into this on our own video because that will probably be an hour long in itself because there's so much to talk about here. And I, I, I encourage anyone, if you haven't seen it in a while, definitely go back and watch The Hunger Games. doesn't matter if you don't like it, if you don't like the actresses. Go back, watch The Hunger Games. Don't really pay attention to the games, but pay attention to the way the country is set out. Yep. Right? So if you know anything about that movie, each country is set out, uh, the, the country is set out in districts. One district for technology, one for luxury, stone, mining, agriculture, fishing, so on and so forth. <laughs> right? This is that's probably the best perfect example of what these people are trying to push here. Oh yeah, right. It's it's going straight into socialism, and there's look, there's so much to get into. We're, we're going to have to get into it tomorrow. And, and this is what we need to stop. And this is why it is so important, and why I say stand up and take your masks off because it every little thing they do where we show we are willing to submit and obey to complete bullshit that actually makes things worse. Um, they're going to take advantage of that and it's going to allow them to move forward faster. And they're going to reach a point where they're passing legislation. They're like, you know, doing all these legal things and it's going to be harder and harder to stop it as time goes on. Mm -hmm. So like the, the one thing that will give you some hope in humanity, every single video under the World Economic Forum's YouTube is completely ratioed. There's like a hundred likes to like 10,000 dislikes. <laughs> it, it's really, it's really encouraging. The videos are shit. The comment section is brilliant. Of course. To the point where they're kind of like starting to turn them off now. But like that, that will give you some hope in humanity. No one's buying this bullshit. No. And no, I don't recall any of us voting for any of this crap. I mean, right. they're imposing what they're, what they're proposing and imposing is this new technocratic society where big brother has control over every aspect of our lives 
from um, being able to monitor and surveil us to uh, being able, having us shipped to the point where like they can tell us whether or not we can travel, what we have to, you know, what we can and cannot do. And they are going to use this COVID crisis as the, the jumping point, you know, as an excuse. And it'll carry through housing and, and everything, health, food, the food industry, everything oh, will be of managed course. and controlled. So like, like to, to, to give you like a, a, a quick uh, run through of how it will work, all right? So like just a real basic run through. Say, say you've got, you know, a farmer. Okay, he's got all his he's got all his plants growing and all that, right? Then now Klaus comes in with his World Economic uh, Great Reset plan and says, "Now you can't use your old tractors. Now you have to buy our super green power tractors, mm -hmm. right?" So now he has to go to something that's less productive and probably doesn't work as well, right? And get this cyber tractor. So now he can't because. This farmer, no matter what, is going to know more about farming than Klaus and the World Economic Forum ever will. Now, this works on all bases, from bakers to everything else, right? That's what they set the standard. And that's the good thing about capitalism. This is when socialism comes in. And so you've got these other agendas around the diagram that says LGBT inclusion. So now the farmer, we'll call him Fred, has to hire an LGBT person to work in his fields. Now, he can't, find, he can't hire a proper farmer that would uh, push up his productivity he has to also use these green farming tractors and where do you think this leads like that's just a real base small basic kind of diagram i'm painting for you but well, you can here's, see here's, a, here's a perfect example we're already in it okay they've already determined this whole year what they deem to be essential businesses versus non-essential businesses so all of you can close up your shops but we're going to keep our main shops open over here and those are the only people that are allowed to sell goods right now so if you can't pay your bills or make a living tough shit for you but we're already in it they're already doing it there you go yeah, and the truth is in this fourth industrial revolution, they're trying to automate most of our jobs anyways. And the sad and disgusting and infuriating truth about it is that this plan for this, this world that they have, it doesn't include 7.2 billion of us. And we need to wake up to that reality real quick and fight back on this agenda. It's, it's right. And you got the New York Times headlining the baseless Great Reset Conspiracy Theory Rises Again, alongside the World Economic Forum's headline of the Great Reset, Building Future Resilience to Risks. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's insane. This is the psychological game that's going on right now. Well, you know they control the media and you know they control that. So, yeah. it's, um, and that's why they're so afraid of old tech. And that's why we have to just try to push ourselves as much as that as possible i have been a little bit luck on parlor but um i'm gonna have to jump on that a little bit more um we are gonna probably have to start sub subscribe star accounts gonna probably have to start rumbles we're gonna have to do it because this is the only really way we can challenge them and there's there's a lot of things going around in the way of tech at the moment um i mean you had obama come out the other day and say the internet is the greatest threat to democracy that we've ever had right <laughs> that that's the shit that they're pushing now. Um, you've yep. got you you got YouTube that came out with a new TOS the other day, um, saying that they, they can now put ads on any videos, right? Except you're mm -hmm. not going to get a dollar from them, so they'll make everything back. So in the future, if you see an ad that pops up on 
uh, either dig it or hive mine. It's got nothing to do with us. Right. right? We, we don't make a cent out of it. Right. Download an ad blocker. Right. That's, that's the best thing to do. Download an ad blocker. Yep. Right. Stuff these guys. Right. But they are, and that is a real slap in the face to creators. Yeah, and they want to, they want to, so they start by doing all the censoring, which they've been actually doing for a very long time now, but it's getting worse and more in our face to the point where, you know, and they're already controlling um, e-commerce sales just through their search results, their organic search results, um, moving who they want to the top instead of, you know, they, they have their algorithms intentionally designed this way that's been going on for well over 10 years because i took a huge hit when i used to have an e-commerce store uh i watched the game they played then so eventually you know i could let's just say like in the future they get to the point where they try to control our internet access altogether what we're allowed to have access to what we're allowed to see um so the point is this stuff is happening it's real we're in it if, if people haven't seen it from this year alone, my God. So, but there's millions and millions of us. There's far more of us and we have far more power than we think. And by just imagine, for example, if you had a huge store, let's just say you had a Walmart, right? And every single employee in there said, we're going on strike against these masks. We're all taking our masks off. Boom, they got to close up the store. What are they going to do? They're going to have to keep trying to bring in other people who are willing to wear masks. And, and you start getting more and more people to combat this to where they can't control it. You know, like the truckers. I know the truckers were talking about, I don't know if they're still doing that or what, what the deal is with that. But they were talking about um, stopping and not, you know, just to show, hey, you know, we control the supply line. So you want to play these games? We're going to show you that we're the ones in control, not you. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I'd be happy about that because that obviously is going to affect all of us. But there's going to come a point where these things, we're going to have to get real uncomfortable. And we're going to have to, everyone's going to have to be real brave. And everyone's going to have to stand up to this stuff or it is going to get progressively worse very quickly. Agreed. It's time to take a stand on all fronts. This is the time to stand firm for all, calling all patriots to stand firm, yes. to hold your ground, to not back down. This is Yeah, it. and we really, we really want to thank all of our supporters and um, patrons and, you know, for allowing us to keep doing this work because uh, it's, it's so important to get this information out and it's, it's getting harder and harder. It's like a, an uphill battle with all this censoring. Well, they, so thank they, you, everyone who who shares the information and who supports us. Yeah, 100%. we love you all. And yes. they're um, they're hitting us all where it hurts, really. And look at Red Pill X twenty two. Everyone's yeah. getting hit, but you know we're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing it, um, and we just hope you keep uh, coming along for the ride with us. So, we're not going That's anywhere. it. Thank yeah. you guys. Thank you guys. Every single one of you. We love you all. And thanks for listening to us here on Dig It with the speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Stand firm. Thank you.